Welcome, everyone, to episode number three of Anatomy of an Idiot. It is January 2nd, 2021, and I am your host, Jonathan Dishaw. Uh, once again, I have my co-host with me. Say hello, boys. Well, hello there. My name is Brian, and I'll be your co-host in Anatomy of an Idiot. It is so nice to be Paul Vela in the year 2021. Oh, my goodness. It's been so long. Thank God 2020 is over. It's been it's been a year, hasn't it, boys? So you're you saying are... it's good to be you? Oh, it's always been good to be me. Even John can so say that. Even John can, uh, can attest to that. You guys are so bad at this. Yeah, but you know, episode three. I feel like we'll we'll hit our stride around episode fifteen. <laughs> we just that's need practice, uh, right? yeah. I mean, like yeah. it's it's isn't it normal to start out with a high quality product? You know, ipso facto, Star Wars, and then slowly gradually decline and then you know just stop caring and just bank the cash at a certain point brian we are not going to start this episode with star wars this is the star Star wars episode everybody (laughs) we've done star wars every episode we are not starting this one with more star wars but here we are we're still talking star wars oh we've got plenty of content okay no no i'm gonna i'm vetoing this i am moving on immediately uh, follow up from last episode. Paul started talking about something, and then I said, "Put that on the back burner." And then I forgot what it was. What was it? It was, and you were absolutely correct. It was talking about the the fickleness of gamers and wanting something brand new, but also wanting something that they liked already. Yes, it's a um, difficult balance act. Basically, what I, I I remembered what I wanted to say finally. So you know who Sid Meier is. He's the guy who who made the, the civilization. civilization. Yeah. I recognize civilization him, his name by by like it's similar to his intellectual property that he puts out. Sid yeah, Meier's civilization, you know. Right. And then I think the, the Sid Meier's Pirates is another one. Oh, look Never at you Brian it. using numeric devices. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> How do you think I got to where I am today? New, numeric or memnotic? New uh, yeah, you're right. I think it's mnemonic. Mimetic. M- mimetic. M- mnemonic. mnemonic yeah. yeah, it's mnemonic. Yep. Yeah, but you don't want okay. my real response to that, Brian. I'm sorry. Move on, John. What? We... Go ahead. <laughs> what a... <laughs> so Sid Meier, he has a rule that he does for every new game, um, and it's called Sid Meier's Rule of Thirds. And basically, um, for a new game, one third of the game should be traditional gameplay. One third should be improvements from the last version. And one-third should be brand new. That's not new enough. It, it would never sell. But it does, apparently. He has one of the most successful video game franchises. I've never heard of Sid Meier's Pirates or whatever it's called. It's just Civilization. Yeah, same. Okay, well, ignore Sid Meier's Pirates, but you've absolutely heard of Civilization. I even played yeah. some of them, yes. Civ 3 and Civ 4 were my... Were, I kind of stopped after that. Civilization is one of those games that... You you sit down to play one night and then suddenly it's five a.m. Well, that can also um, be the same thing about Age of Empires when we play John. Monopoly, any board yeah. game of the of the twentieth century. Risk, risk. Oh my god, that takes me back. <laughs> oh, Paul, do you remember the last time you and I played Risk? When when you when you ejected yourself out of whatever conflict yeah, so, between yeah. So it was what I I had both halves of North America. 
you had most of South America and Grover had like Alaska or Canada, like whatever yeah. was just north of me. And Grover was like, oh, I don't have to worry. Uh, you know, John has, is between me and Paul. Whatever Paul has to do, he has to get through John first. And I turn and I look at Paul and I'm like, hey, Paul, you want to go hit Grover? And he says, yeah, yeah, I'd like that very much. So I move all of my units but one out of half of North America, and Paul just runs over that one guy and then obliterates Grover. <laughs> so there, it, it there's, was... there's, there's a need for context here, I believe, right? So the reason why I, I had such bloodlust for Grover was we had made a, a gentleman's agreement, right? Something that risk lends itself to, but it's not really something you do. But in this group of friends, that's one of the house rules. We can make these gentleman agreements. And I thought we had one on this on the the sea bridge between Brazil and Western Saharan Africa, whatever that territory is, right? And I said, "As long, okay, do you do you promise not to go here? I won't attack you. You won't attack me." He's like, "Yeah, sure." You sure? Yeah, whatever. And then he proceeds to attack me because you know he wants to he wants to win, of course, right? So after that, I every pretense of me winning goes out the window, and I proceed to chase him down. So every game since that happened, I've I've had this like I'm gonna kill Grover first because you know he's my biggest obstacle to winning. <laughs> I can't trust him, therefore he has to he has to lose. So with John being the border between the both of us, I have to go through John, but I don't want to start this full on war with John. But John's like I don't want Grover around me either for the same reason, right? Because Grover, you can't trust him. Yeah, so, so it was literally the 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 jetpack meme, right? Like, yeah, yeah. John literally ejected himself out of um, out of North America, and yeah, to all you purists out there listening, yeah, we we have some house rules like you can eject your troops out of like like airlift yourself out of any continent, any territory. I know it isn't a purist rule, but you know it, it is. It's, it makes the game more fun, I think, in my opinion. You know. Yeah, you, especially you, with yeah, especially with that group of people, right? Yeah, well, like even Monopoly has house rules, right? You know, you know. So I rather play with house rules than. <laughs> no, nobody plays stuff. Monopoly according to the actual rules. I like hey. to sweeten the pot by, you know, every time I pass go, I get a, an extra fifty bucks. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I thought you were about to say every time I pass gas. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Um, What's really funny though is that in my in my test recording earlier, I was like doing loud voices, I was doing quiet voices, and then I just ripped a big fat fart, and I was like, I wonder if anybody would hear that in the recording. And well, they put absolutely it, put it, could sneak it into the podcast and see if and let our listeners report back if they hear it. Just <laughs> stealthily put it into the track and seeing if we know. Because apparently we've been getting feedback from our fans. Believe it or not, yeah. we ha- I, I was flabbergasted when, when John said we have fans and they have yeah, feedback. I, okay, I guess this is the topic we're going toward now, right? So, Paul, you discussed um, Harry Potter houses in which episode? Episode one or two? I think it was one. Yeah, episode definitely one. one. Yep. This is um, episode three, I think. And so one of our listeners who is a big Harry Potter fan has, uh, I don't want to say taken offense because that's not the right word, but uh, taken, taken exception. Pardon the, da, 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 taken the pun, pardon the pun, taken umbrage. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Ah, well done. 
That was very well, well done. You. Oh my god. Five points for Ravenclaw or whatever house I you're part of. Jim perfect Brian. setup. Thank you, Paul. Ravenclaw is correct. Okay. So what was the uh, what was the feedback, John? Remind me? You said that uh Hufflepuff was the only house that never produced a dark lord. Right. And that's only a half truth, right? Um so I did misspeak. It, they produced the fewest dark okay. wizards, right? And then there's the argument of what makes a dark wizard versus a dark lord. There's only been two dark lords, right? It's been Grindelwald and Voldemort, no, right? There's three. There's also the guy that made Horcruxes who is like mentioned once and then quickly swept under the rug. So three dark lords, right? But then if you're a dark wizard, that makes it You're a follower use... of a dark lord. Is that hmm. what it is? Okay. Is how I understand. I mean, or it. or you're just an asshole. Or you're just that an too. asshole. Like, you know, would John be a dark dark wizard? I mean, you spit this... on hippogriffs. <laughs> oh. Oh. Sad times. So to to answer that, where, where is my source about we get we've produced the fewest dark wizards? And the source I got was directly from Pottermore's sorting letter. If you get sorted into Hufflepuff, that is part of the letter you get from them. They just they just outright say it. it's like, hey, we suck. That's the their least. selling point. Yep. Yeah, we we, we 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 do all this stuff, and we produce the fewest dark wizards. So all of the rest of you suck it, you know, kind of thing. That's like a college recruiting students for like with with the selling point of free parking. Like, okay, what else you got? Well, it's funny because cause the the college that I went to, um, one of their biggest um, the the things that they put in their flyers and their like brochures and all of the like you said recruitment material was the diversity of the school. But I don't feel like it actually was correct. The, I think the school I went to was like mostly white and then also with a handful of Asians. What school but was like, that? Cal, this was Cal Poly a, or, or Valley? Yeah, Cal, I, I went to Cal Poly Pomona. Yeah. And so I, I just, I don't know. See, I always forget Cal Poly Pomona is a thing. It's uh, for listeners not native to California. Um, the California University System is separated into three... Or two different entities, the, univer- the UCs, you think UCLA, yeah. you think... U- University of California. University of California. And then there's the California State University System, which is like a lower tier than the UCs. And then within the Cal State System, you have the Cal Polys, or yeah. the Cal Polytechnics, right? Technical Institutes? Yeah, so the, the, the full name is California State Polytechnic University Pomona. Yeah, and then the other one is California State Polytechnic University San Luis Obispo, and then there's one more too. I think. I'm right? so thankful that New York has a simpler system. It's SUNY State University of New York and mm-hmm. CUNY City University of New York. Okay. State is obviously in the broader scheme, and city is more confined. Do they have multiple locations, like campuses, or is it just those two? It's in a, in a more limited sense, yes. Okay, because California has a lot of of universities. Like, because I think there's like a, a state university of Albany on Long Island somewhere. I, I I have to check that, but yeah. So you have hmm. your New York State and the University of New York. So you do have two well, systems it's, then. It's state and city, and then but, but the but the city one is still a state university technically. 
No, I, I don't know about that. I, I'd have to get back to you on that. That's oh, for next episode, I suppose. Because for most, most like, city colleges that I've seen have been, like, community colleges rather yeah. than state-level universities. Or private four-year liberal colleges. As far as I know, like I went, I went to a state community college and then a private, oh, interesting four year, yeah. So, yeah, so, that's uh, that's my background. Education would be so you would the equivalent out here in California would be going to, like Valley College or Crafton, and <laughs> I, then I I also went to Valley College. Yes, yes, I you spent did. I spent four years studying aerospace engineering at Cal Poly, and then I realized. I kind of hated it and wasn't really that good at it. So I switched to computer science and did two years of community college. Well, hey, John, you have to preface what made your decision happen, right? It's well, when Grover approached you and, and had you play tests through Celatria and you came back at him with this sucks. So his retort was make it better. So you did. So I did. So I went to college to learn how to make it better. And then I did. Your, your exact quote was no one's ever asked me to do that before. And for whatever reason, that no one asks you, well, you think it sucks, now make it better. Mm-hmm. I'll take you things think... you hear in the bedroom for 300 please. Oh, that implies you hear things in the bedroom besides himself. Brian. There we go. <laughs> that, that was the insult I was waiting for. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I am so lonely. Um, <laughs> so did you boys have a, uh, a solid holiday then? Uh, we were coming off of... Uh, start of a new yes. calendar year yes happy new year boys it is we january it. 2nd see you chastise <sighs> me for bringing up the into the new year but then you bring it up as inorganically as possible too so i i it, it sort of falls in line with the the next topic that i that i have in my you know chamber it, in oh, my you're, brain you're you're just forcing a new topic okay lay it on yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, okay with that. I, I'm trying to bring it up organically and it's not working out so well but here it is christmas music that's our next talking point um i don't know if you guys have any thoughts but there's one glaringly obvious thing that i take issue with when it pertains to christmas music um, okay specifically rudolph the red-nosed reindeer and the questionable lyrics. I think we've talked about Halloween movies and like spooky season. We did. And, all right, we did. So like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in the song. Had a very shiny his, nose. Exactly. Exactly. And in the song, his co-workers are cheering that he does a better job than them, thus threatening their job security. Like they bullied him throughout the song and then like, oh, you're better than us. Yes. Well, when they okay. saw it, they say it glowed, right? So, mm-hmm. sure. I, I mean, the the problem was that particular John just on the video called John just like really, Paul. Did you just make that joke? Um, so within the song is it happened to be blizzard conditions, right? And they didn't have anyone to guide the sleigh, right? So, mm-hmm. but before that, it was different. It was the first time any reindeer had a nose like that that glowed at night, right? And, um, okay, go ahead. Fin- finish your thing, and yeah, I'll yeah. get to mine. So when they see something different, as any creature, they're gonna they're gonna bully it. They're gonna belittle it. Like you and your red nose. What? How you? What is this? And we fear you because you're different. That that whole argument. Yeah, and then he ends up being the saving grace of the operation. Right? Have you all any? Any of you have seen uh, Prep and Landing, the Disney shorts for uh, setting up for Christmas? 
Never maybe years ago once for like in passing. Not no, I was, really sat no, down and enjoyed it. No, that series was really up my alley because I'm a very military ops, everything organized, right? Like, you know, the whole Christmas magic. No, that's bullcrap, right? It, it's got to be an organized sending in scout troops. Everything's got to be, you know, to everything's got to be perfect for the big man, right? Everything's got to be mm-hmm. set. Check the milk temperature. Everything's got to be right, right? So... The reindeers that don't get put on the detail for Santa, on the on the sleigh detail, are like Blaster, who like flies in covertly and drop off the elves for scouting missions, right? Or Thumper, or something like some name like that, right? But what some, are you going to say? Some aggressive name. Some aggressive name, right? As in some Prancer. military ops code name, yeah. Exactly. So when I think of of Rudolph, what would have his been de- his detail if it wasn't for for Point Man on that? wintry whiteout condition kind of night and then which begs the question what did they used to do on those nights because it, i'm sure it wasn't the first whiteout conditions they've flown in well uh okay so this actually leads into it so according to um i don't remember what year exactly this movie came out like the the old school like 1970s rudolph the red-nosed reindeer uh movie the cla- like the, the claymation one the, the stop motion one yeah 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 so that was actually the worst storm they had ever seen. So it was it was extraordinary circumstances. But what really, really got to me was everybody in that movie is a dick. Oh, my God. Everyone is a dick. And it's not just like, oh, yeah, no, he's he's Rudolph. He's kind of weird. We don't really hang out with him. It's like constant ridicule, even from Santa, which blew me the fuck away. That. <laughs> The jolly fat man is standing here making fun of this little baby with a red nose. He's different. Therefore, you must attack it, right? It was terrifying. I was like, this is not a good lesson for kids at all. No, I, I hear you on that one for sure. What, so what you're saying is the only reason he was accepted is because they were desperate. Yeah. So you do have hope after all, John. Yeah. Oh, got him. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Perfect setup for that, by the way. Oh, you know, I, I rule of that. So, did we answer what you meant by that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer song? Or did you have more? Because I have more to add about Christmas music. No, I think I pretty much covered my, my grievances there. Sure. So, the song I take particular issue to is Santa Baby. It's this harlot trying the to... the tonight. Yeah. It's, it's a harlot trying to seduce Santa for more... More gifts. <laughs> yeah, more gifts. I mean, she wants Santa to be her sugar daddy. Yeah, she want. Yeah, I, I, I take particular issue more so than I do with um, the one that they trying to get get her to stay the night or, or if they gender reverse oh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah ba- baby, is I cold really, outside. I really yeah. can't no. sit. Yeah. See, here's the thing about that song though, it's meant playfully. Both people in that song are consenting adults, and they're just, like, playing these little fucking games with each other. If you guys had ever been in a loving relationship, you would know that. Let me know how that goes for you one time, okay? It did. It went well. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Um, See, but for me, it's... At that point, John, we've had the discussion before, not on on the podcast, but does, does, does no always mean no? The first no is, I'm going home. Okay. There's the door. Have a good night. Let me know when you get there's home. There's the door. Yeah. No, t- typically, yes. But it, there's a lot of context to this song that's missing in just listening to the lyrics. 
I suppose it, like, it boils down to salesmanship, right? Like, it's really cold outside. There's there's ice on the on the street. You know, you'll you'll slip and fall. What? Stay the night. Stay. You know, wait wait well, for the see, weather to improve. When you're when you're saying salesmanship, though, this is saying that this is something that he's trying to convince her of, right? But in in reality, she's already decided she's staying. She's just playing with this guy now. So what you're saying, John, is her initial answer is no, I'm not staying. Give X Y Z reason. Right. But, so but she, she, she's basically saying, give me an excuse. Like, due to social decorum, I have to say all these things because these are the times we live in, right? But give me an excuse, right? I really like want to say. There's 20 excuses in that song, and I'm, I don't know. I'm just, it still feels very aggressive to me. So to, to go along with that, right? I, w- I recently watched the first Rocky for the first time in forever, right? Okay. And talking about aggression. Talking is, is about that a Christmas is that a Christmas movie? I it takes place during the Christmas season. So Okay. Maybe. So we're on I mean, topic. It, Let's do the it. Fir- one of the one the first date takes place on Thanksgiving night. So you're in that Advent Christmas season. Anyways, Rocky is like Sean Connery levels of rapey. Like she keeps Ooh. saying no and pushes away and he ends up forcing her to make out like it's like i watch it now as a 30 year old and i'm like this is a adjusted adult i'm yeah define well adjusted but watching this i'm like this this doesn't no i'm I'm done with this now right because you think rocky you think those famous knockouts you know the taking the punches and you know working the the beef carcass and training montages training montages montages, and, and the boxing matches the thing the '80s did best, by the way, I believe, was training montages. I, I believe the um, the best it gets is Team America World Police and their training montage. It's a healthy nod to that, sure. <laughs> yeah, but yes, um, again with the, with the, the classic James Bond movies, right? It's it's very like he's very aggressive, and I think that. But that's not the reason why I don't like that song. I, I saw I go back to this me saying, it's a song that. The harlot wanting to seduce Santa. So, oh, Santa baby. Sorry, I I got distracted with Rocky. I was like, no, what song you, are you talking about? No, you're fine. You're fine. No, I I take issue with Santa baby. I don't take issue with baby. It's cold outside. My favorite mm-hmm. rendition is the um the Lady Gaga with uh, I think jo- Gordon Levitt. I think they have a little Joseph duet. Gordon Levitt. I think yeah, so, yeah. I think they have a duet with that. And it's and if you reverse the roles. I don't know, you know, if it's the girl being the one that's being pushy and the guy that wants to flee. <laughs> the guy that wants to flee. But yeah, what about you, John? Do you have any Christmas songs that you just cringe at listening to? So, not really. I've I've kind of gotten over my, uh, I don't want to say hatred, because I, I've never really hated Christmas music. And, and I'll get to that in a moment. But the, the song that I've been thinking about... Um, what what is the number one commercialized Christmas song that all you I hear? For, all you want is Christmas is you, Mariah Carey. Yes, Mariah Carey. So that song is basically Mariah Carey crawling out of her cave once a year, singing that song <laughs> all day every day for two weeks, and then going home. Her and Michael two Bublé weeks? are really it's good. It's like at a that. month. Yeah. What Michael what Bublé. song is Michael Bublé? He, 
Michael Bublé. He started out as a not Christmas singer, and then he, like, was shoehorned into, you know... I mean, I wouldn't say anyone is really a a Christmas singer. No, but like you said, you know, Mariah Carey has been known for some other hits, too, right? Right, but these days... This is Ma- the only song that anybody knows from her anymore. Fair enough. Yeah, but I think yeah, Michael Bublé is... There's even memes about Michael Bublé emerging from his cave to sing all the Christmas songs onto us. I think is I it, might have heard one once where it's like, Michael Bublé emerges from his rap. You know, bubble, bubble rap, Bublé rap. I, 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 I do indeed see what you did there. Oh, God. <laughs> is, so, is there like a particular song that he's known for? Or does he just like... Sing Christmas it's a collection. Yeah, it's, it's a, a collection. Yeah. He he even think, does his own rendition of of Mariah Carey song too. Oh. Did you guys ever hear the um All I Want for Christmas is You but in a minor key? No. Is it like really oh my off, God. Put, offsetting and all, like It it's a very upsetting song. It's sad. But that's what minor key does. Yeah, my yeah, anything in minor key. Like a slower tempo, you mean? Pardon my ignorance when it comes to music. No, it's it's, it's not that it's slower. Uh, well, actually, parts of it are slower. But like, so I I don't I can't really explain music theory to you right now. But the key that a song is in is the set of notes that incorporate that song. So in a minor key, things typically sound sadder and more desperate. But major key songs are more upbeat and possibly aggressive. But yeah, I'll 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 send you the link. Uh, I wish I could remember the guy's name, Chase Hofstelder or something like that. That sounds like but a yeah. Christmas you know composer. Yeah, and he's awesome, awesome guy, and I love this rendition of the song. Okay, just a, just an air of desperation about it. I, I can I can I can hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So we we did Christmas music. Have we talked about Christmas movies besides Rudolph? On the topic of Christmas movies, uh, Disney released their latest Pixar film this this uh, this Christmas. Ah, uh, yes, Soul. Soul. Yeah. yeah, loved it. Um, Paul, you've loved seen it, every right? second of it. Uh, gosh, I I take uh, I have some issues with it. Like, and I'm the I, opposite it's, it's, end. Like, I'm on the sure. opposite. I think it ranks in my top five Disney Pixar movies. And that's why I love movies, is you could be one way or the other about it, and everywhere in between. But, like, it's it's difficult for me to, to discuss it without spoiling specific points. The performances were really good. The plot Jamie Foxx did a good job on it, yeah. Yeah, the plot for me wasn't all the way there. I feel like it was a very underdeveloped plot. In terms so, of start so to finish. What's the reason why Brian you don't like the plot of it? Like, uh, like I said, spoilers. So like, let's 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 do a spoiler cast. You know, talking well, with, point. Because we've talked okay. about it, right? You 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 mentioned that the plot was predictable in your opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that would be spoiler alert territory if we want to even. John, are you gonna watch this movie? We gotta That's give our question. audience time to to listen to watch the movie. Right, like I, yeah, I'd feel it, it more just, comfortable just discussing it in a month. Let me let me ask you this question though: um, Is it at all similar to Inside Out? It's I've okay, so I've never seen Inside Out, but for God me, it, it, to to it answer seemed... from my perspective, because Inside Out's one of my favorite movies as well. Inside Out is micro, Soul is macro. 
Okay, so the answer is yes. That's an interesting perspective. I'll have to go back and watch Inside Out. But it's, uh, I agree with it, Paul. It is one of my favorite Disney Pixar movies, if not one of my favorite movies, which is insane because I don't watch movies. No, you like, do. Things. I think I think the director Pete Docter is a tremendous filmmaker. I I think he directed Monsters Inc. One of one of my favorite all time favorite Pixar movies is Monsters Inc. But it felt very Finding Nemo ish in terms of consequences. And that's all I'm going to say about that. S- stay tuned for a month from now, give or take. For Brian's... <laughs> when, when people have had time to watch the movie and Brian's yes, review criticize you for your opinion. I have to give people time. You were saying, Paul? No, we're going to wait for a month for Brian's opinion on Soul. Um, but yeah, <laughs> It's only fair. I, it's got to easily crack the top five of my favorite Disney Pixar movies. Um, to go along with, with Coco, Toy Story 2... Uh, Wally and um, Coco is great. I love Coco. It makes me cry though, so I really can't watch it as often <laughs> as I would like. Um, I've been hey, told man, there, there's nothing wrong with a good cry. There's nothing wrong with it, but I'm not. I don't go to see movies to cry. I mean, that's just. I came here to laugh, not to feel. Exactly. Mm. Well, laugh. Laughing is a feeling, but um, I've been told that watching it in Spanish would make me, me cry even more so. So oh, I gotta, yeah, I gotta I find bet. a nice quiet day at home where no one else is home for me to, to for me to ugly cry. It'll be great. Got any vacation time coming up, Paul? I'm on my vacation time currently. Yeah, because you were you would work at a school system. Yes, I, I'm in week three of three starting um Sunday. And then the next one up is spring break in March, and then it's a home stretch till the end of May. And then summer vacation. Boy, I, I should have been a teacher. <laughs> you don't want to be a teacher um i don't i, I teachers yeah. are underappreciated under underappreciated yeah. underpaid I, so. I believe it was matt damon in saving private ryan who said i could never be a teacher not when i put my teachers through all that nonsense something something to that effect <laughs> i was a shitty child <laughs> i do not want to deal with me yeah basically and you you get at least one of Matt Damon's character from that movie. At least one or two per class. Matt, Matt Damon is Damon. like the most relatable actor, you know, per, you know, character actor that I've ever come across, I think. But that's my opinion. Matt Damon is Mr. America, I I think. That's a, that's a bold statement considering other people can Think about that it. Niche. Think about his body of work, right? I don't think about his yeah. body, Brian. It's not, it's not who I'm, what I mean. Body for. of work. <laughs> But yeah, that so and, going and in, going into a classroom, right? Like when I think of what Matt Damon said in the in Saving Private Ryan, right? I don't want I don't want to deal with people like me, like mm-hmm. things I, I I you go into the classroom in my capacity, and you know the kids immediately by name. If one, they're really great students, or they're one of those that are a freaking flyer in your office for discipline reasons. And it's it's sad to see a lot of kids in the middle, right? You don't really know who they are, and you kind of miss out on that. That's kind of a, the the shame of the education system. Is you get to know there's a lot of there's a lot of chances for students to fall through the cracks. So sure, I I was reading an article the other day about education. You read? And I read a lot actually. I I haven't really read a lot of novels lately, but I've been reading a lot of. Um, like articles, articles and yeah. editorials and stuff like picture that. Picture books don't count, Dishaw. <laughs> Every book is a picture book if you try hard enough. 
Fair enough. So what, what, um, basically what it came down to is, um, education is actually one of the most experimental, I don't want to say industry, but that's probably the best word at the moment is one of the most experimental industries in the world right now, because it's only like mass public education hasn't really been around all that long, technically. Last Agreed. hundred and something years, right? Right, well, yeah, something compu- like that. Compulsory education was in place because we struck down child labor. Right. So what are you going to do with all these kids? Well, got to put them in school. Got to make them do something. Yeah, got to educate them. Yeah. But before that, education was either for the rich only or just an alternative thing that you may or may not be able to do. Well, like, um, it's the same reason why if you were born into a blacksmith family, you learn how to be a blacksmith, right? You're, right. You're, all your dad could teach you is how to be a blacksmith. Now, your town needed a blacksmith, or two or three, depending on what village you lived in. And if you were, and that's if you were a boy, if you were a girl, you learn how to be a homemaker from your mom, right? That's right. how to be a, how to be a wife and pop out two or three kids and then die. I mean, that's how like, two or three <laughs> or seven or eight, depending on. Yeah. Well, it really depended on what you needed the kids for. Cause before the kids were also the ranch hands and you needed this more hands. You needed more kids on the farm. So as you, have you, as you historically, as you move closer to big cities and you tend to have lesser kids in the big cities. Right. Cause you the, don't need them as much in the urban environment as opposed to, Going out to the country, you tend to have litters of um, <laughs> between six and eight children, right? That's just. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but like yeah, you said, but like, like I agree, they, John. A lot of uh, education, compulsory education, is is newer. Right. So ba- basically, what what the point of this article that I read was was basically saying like, yeah, we've been doing it for about a hundred or so years, but we still don't know how kids learn. We're we're still trying new things all the time. We the the hot thing right now is getting the kid to learn. What what makes a kid learn, right? It's trying to figure right. out that process, right? And they're figuring out that learning tends to be on higher on the list of uh, the hierarchy of needs. I don't know if you two are familiar with that or not. Um, yeah. yeah, the Maslow hierarchy of needs. Learning isn't at the bottom of that pyramid. Learning is is not even on that, right? I think it's closer to the top when you get to self actualization. Which yeah, it's, some... it's it's it is a way for self actualization to happen. Yeah. Right. So a lot of a lot of children aren't even meeting the basic needs of food, shelter, security at the base. How do we expect these students, these children, to rise up the pyramid? So that oh, that, that's interesting. That is that's one of the the greatest mysteries of of education. How do we make a kid? How do we give all these students the same opportunity? when a, one of them is not going to be at the same place as anyone else. Right, simply because they're not having their the lack of equity. needs met. Yeah, which is the biggest tragedy of of um, distance-based learning right now is we're not able to properly assess this need. And mm. without having the student physically there, safely there, I have to add that part in because that's my caveat. Getting back to school safely, that's the, that's the key. Soon, um, that makes, Paul, soon. Well, I, I hope so. It's 2021. 
we, we'll get there. <laughs> we've gonna, had a year to figure this out. Yeah, that's going to take we, some getting well, used to. It'll be a year in March, because I remember it was spring, the week before spring break. And mm-hmm. the reason I remember this is every school year, I take my eighth graders to the local feeder high school to have them tour the high school. Like and an I orientation. Had, like an orientation, right? Because as my position is in charge of that orientation, pro- that transition process. Mm-hmm. And I remember having over 250 applications uh, for field trips, field trip permission slips on my desk. Wow. And I'm sorting them and trying to get that organized. When I got the email from my district saying, no, everything's canceled. I literally stood up from my desk and I went home. It was like 3.30. I just went home. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done for today because uh, it, you know, sorting all those permission slips. I couldn't have a, I couldn't have a student aide do it because it got confidential information on their addresses and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I had to do it. So twitch, twitch, twitch. I'm not bitter. <laughs> it's okay. But Paul, you love doing paperwork. It's not that I love it. It's just I'm good at it. I'm a very much dot your eyes and cross your t's kind of person as you said previously regarding the uh the the militarization of santa yes uh, exactly like yes i believe in magic and whimsy and and whatnot but i also believe in in preparation and execution so Mm -hmm. oh okay so so this is a very poor segue but when your, your preparation and execution reminded me of uh today's idiot story today's so so the lack there of the lack of execution (laughs) preparation you get one idiot story choose wisely okay so today's idiot story i went and visited some folks uh over the past couple of weeks uh over the over the christmas uh, holiday and so one of my friends that i was hanging out with um he said hey i need to i need to do an oil change like but i don't want to take it down to the shop because it's expensive i'd rather just do it myself because he's got a he's got one of those weird cars that they charge more for. Mm. Yeah, they get the special um, tool to get the uh, the drain plug out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he also has a, a newborn at home, so he didn't want to like. And then the wife is working, and so he didn't want to you know go and do an oil change and not have the kid being watched. So I was like, yeah, I'll I'll watch the kid for you while you while you do your oil change. It's like, all right, cool. So we're hanging out in the garage, and he's changing his oil. I'm hanging out with the kid, and. He he finishes up and he goes to start the car and immediately there is a cloud of smoke and we notice a, a puddle of oil growing on the garage floor. So we're like, oh no, what what happened? So basically uh, he didn't screw the filter on tight enough. So it just kind of like spurted everywhere. Mm. Smoke? Um, yeah, the, the oil got on the engine and the engine was hot and ah, started okay, burning okay. the oil. Gotcha. I was gonna say, where does the smoke come in? But yeah, yeah. So, so we're like, oh shit, we got this puddle of oil now growing in our in the on the floor of the garage. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go down to down to the Lowe's down the street and grab you like a bag of sawdust to mm-hmm. to soak it up with. Like, Good All right, call. cool. Good call. So so I hop in my car and I I drive down to Lowe's, and the first person I asked, I said. Hey, do you guys have like bags of sawdust? And she looks at me and says, "What's sawdust?" And it blew my mind. And this you, is an employee you of the, of a hardware of a store. hardware, of a hardware store. store. Yeah. Okay. 
and she doesn't know what sawdust is. I don't like to throw around the term idiot, but I think it's necessary for this context. So, I mean, so let's, let's break that word down, right? Saw dust, right? I'm assuming she knows what dust is. I, I, can, I can only pray, right? But then, even though she works at a hardware store, do you not know maybe she's never used a saw? Maybe she's not allowed near the sharp instruments in the back of the store? <laughs> near the, she, near the saw, she doesn't the know because saw. she's never seen it. She's not allowed to. She's not, yeah, they don't like, let's keep you in the back. Let's keep you up front in the uh, the cashier desk, right? Maybe, I, I don't know. But go on, John. Oh my god. So so eventually I'm like, okay, I'm I'm just gonna go see what I can find. So I go up and down the aisles and I find another person and he says, Oh yeah, it's either in aisle one or aisle thirty. Polar and en- opposite like, ends of the store. Yeah. I'm just I'm, like, I'm, well, I'm going through a, a hypothetical hardware store in my mind here, and it's like more towards the right, I'm I'm more inclined to believe aisle thirty, but yeah. So yeah, so I think aisle one was like next to the lumber area. So yeah. I was like, okay, aisle one makes... typical. I'm sorry, not to cut you off, but I yes, absolutely to cut you off. Aisle one for me, in my experience, typically is like gardening supplies, lawnmowers, uh, barbecues, you mm-hmm. know, wood chips, see, things like that. Originally, I did look in the same area that I would expect to find wood chips, which is like outdoor like soil and rock and mm-hmm. like ground coverings. So I was like, okay, maybe sawdust is out in the ground coverings. And this is this is before I even asked the first person anything. But yeah, so so person two was like, yeah, it's either aisle one or aisle thirty. And so aisle one was like lumber supplies and aisle thirty was cleaning supplies. It ended up being in aisle thirty. But here's the kicker, it wasn't sawdust. They don't have sawdust at that store. They had, like, bags of, like, prepared absorbent dust. Which is my follow-up question. The real idiot here is you, John, who didn't go to AutoZone, who would point you to that same pre-prepared oil absorbent sand. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, you are the real idiot, my friend. (laughs) You know what? I think you have a point. I think you've got a point here. (laughs) <laughs> plot twist. John plot twist. The... John was the idiot. Yeah. Paul Villa I mean, that's is not... the Paul Villa is the is the M Night Shyamalan of podcasts. No, no, okay. Don't. I have never <laughs> produced any filth like um, Avatar: The yeah, Last Airbender that was movie. Disappointing. I have. Don't, do not put that on me, Brian. I, now, I think... now, hang on. Hang he on. does have For... some good bodies of work, like For as bad as the Last Airbender movie was. Their costumes and their set design were hundred percent accurate. No, they were fantastic. Not optimal. Like the Good. scene, the scene where uh, the Fire Nation ship is going like between the glaciers. Mm-hmm. Like that is shot for shot out of the show. Like it was actually a really well designed set. But as we, as we, the three of us have concurred. It was a shit movie. It was a terrible, terrible movie. I couldn't even come up with a better adjective for it. I want an apology for having to sit through that. And yes, it was completely voluntary for me having done so. You know what? I think I think he did actually apologize. No, he did not. He as of like, I think it might have been three years ago. I saw a tweet. It was it was him insisting that like, 
oh, maybe I would have done some things differently, but it's not a bad movie. I stand by it. Hmm. It's like um, Ryan Johnson and The Last Jedi. (laughs) God damn it, Paul. No, no more Star Wars. Star Wars. Or after the end of Mass Effect 3, the the creative team. To the Rebel Alliance. The um the only other point of comparison I can have is like um uh, where where an, where a director has apologized for a body of work. I mean, I've I've demanded and I, I like I want an apology, but have we have we ever gotten one from any any director or any? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, which, I don't which know one? if it counts as an apology, but Steven Spielberg outwardly admits he does not like Hook, his 1991 Peter Pan film. See, I would have gone with the War of the Worlds because that one's his like. I'm not that familiar one, what, if he if he ever publicly talked about it outside of release. That's funny because when War of the Worlds first came out, my my brother and I went and saw it by ourselves. Like we were what ten and thirteen at the time. Is that two thousand five? I think so. You would have been like thirteen years been, old, roundabout. No, I I would have been fifteen because I was born in nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so we were 12 and 15 at the time, and we went and saw War of the Worlds in the theaters, and there was us and one other person in that theater. Mm-hmm. Those are the best movies to watch, alone in a theater, I think. Like, I mean, we, uh, we had a good time. Like, we were kids. We didn't give a shit. But yeah, like, I think I've seen, oh, speaking of Spielberg, I'm a huge Spielberg nerd. I think I saw his most recent, not his most recent, but, like, uh, the New York Times one with Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. The name is oh. escaping me, but that one, yeah. The I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I have no idea. Do you boys follow epic rap battles of history at all? I've seen stuff on YouTube. I know it exists, but I don't follow it. You, John? Same. Same. No, I'm, so, I'm same as Ryan. So, ER, uh, so epic rap battles ERB takes two people either randomized or there's a theme to it, right? And one of the episodes is Steven Spielberg versus um, a, a slew of of di- famous directors in history. And one of the burns on Steven Spielberg that, um, not Stanley Kubrick, the other guy, who made Kill Bill. Uh, help me out there. Tarantino. Tarantino. Tarantino's like, yeah, you're great, but for because of War of the Worlds, I rate you as a failure. And the person who playing Spielberg's like, yeah, okay, I agree with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Those I'll are link it to words. It's yeah. like I'll I'll take that one. You can yeah. you can you're right. But they all end up burning. Um, what's the uh, transformer director who likes explosions? Michael Bay. Michael. They all roast Michael Bay. So yeah, that's funny. There was supposed to be Spielberg versus everybody, but it ended up being everyone turns on Michael Bay. Well, no, no, it's it's a director. I don't want to give the whole thing away, but the director um, is fighting another director, and then they like mount like they all come in right it's supposed to be spielberg versus um uh psycho what's his i'm i'm getting forgetting all these names who directed psycho hitchcock yeah it was it was that that was the 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 billing but then how do i know this i'm not i'm not the movie guy brian why are you why are you letting me do this it's more enjoyable watching you come up with the answers well i'm hoping you knew the answers brian because i was i was giving you the uh i'm getting like 80 percent of the of the Talking but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll link you to the uh, I'll link you to the uh, ERB. I'm talking specifically, but uh, recently they did a, a Lego like it's like stop motion, right? But it's Legos. I don't know if you guys have seen those or not. It's just all Lego. So basically, was, the Lego movie. It's yeah, pretty much. 
Yeah, in that same style. Um, Harry Potter versus Luke Skywalker. And that was just... Like the, was the, the cast of Harry Potter or just the protagonist of Harry Potter? It's a voice actor trying to portray himself as Harry Potter. And a voice actor trying to portray himself as Luke Skywalker. And this is a YouTube channel, right? It's the, yeah, Epic Rap Battles of History. Not, so to, not too... to go off too much on a tangent here, but I did want to mention, like, I was browsing YouTube earlier today and I noticed uh, performers putting their stuff up, their, their own original content on YouTube. Specifically, I was looking for, like, Arthur Morgan stuff from Red Dead Redemption 2. And yeah, you are on an on a RDR2 kick. I Yeah, it's like a drug right now. I'm grinding hard, but... Like, I really enjoy the performance of Arthur Morgan, played by Roger Clark, and I found out he has his own YouTube channel where he posts original content. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, just, I, I think that's a nice thing to do, is just put your stuff on YouTube, for your, your performances on YouTube for others to enjoy for a free uh, or near-free price. See, that's interesting, because, like, <clears throat> you know, um, content creation has definitely opened up in the last, you know, decade or so, you know, ev- anybody could have a YouTube channel. Anybody could have a Twitch channel, you know, anybody could have an OnlyFans, even Paul. But <laughs> <laughs> take the hint, start one. Dry heave. <laughs> but, um, but no, it's, it's interesting to see like traditional celebrities, like, like Hollywood celebrities having these same kinds of content channels now. It's funny you mentioned celebrities. I've I've noticed myself dialing back usage of the word and using performer or actor. Okay. So I mean, so celebrity is a general term, right? It's anybody who has a significant amount of fame, a platform, a following. Versus, sure. I, I like to go by like what they're known for, right? That's how I distinguish quote-unquote celebrities are they mm-hmm. performers are they singers are they well, singers content creators but... well yeah same thing but co- are they content creators are they broadcasters on twitch are they so you know, that so the question are they that... billionaires who push their agendas on twitter so yeah okay Mark fair. Cuban? No, so the so the question i'm gonna approach you with is is a movie star any more of a content creator than a Ooh, good, good pop argument. artist. No. I mean, the, the, the only difference in my mind is uh, the financial backing, for one thing. Yep. Um, and then I guess that also leads into, um, you know, how many other people are also working on this same content. See, right? I, I would, I, to answer, Brian, do you have an answer for my, because you're the one who, I have an answer for it. Yeah, do you the short, the, my short answer is no, there is no difference, right? It's putting content out there. See, but I think that the actor, as similar to the artist, the pop artist mm-hmm. or whatever genre, they're only the face unless the artist or the actor has written as a part in producing the lines or the lyrics of the song. To be right. a, and that's kind of and that's yeah. kind of what I'm saying, right? Is is the number of other people involved in, in the production of this content? Right. I, I I would say John himself, who does stream, um, is more of a content creator than I think Tom Cruise, who is a celebrity, 
by far like there's different dollars. branches so, of so I'm, I'm gonna creation. i i'm gonna take that as a compliment even though tom cruise is a piece of shit yes i agree so that's why i picked not, him it's it's yeah, it's not, it's not a very high bar for me to pass, but thank did you. Did he I'll, not I'll just, it. like, go on a COVID rant or something? I don't... Yeah, I think I, I he, he did shame his entire cast of whatever... Uh, Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. He he did shame, COVID shame for them relaxing on the restrictions or whatever it was. No, but what I'm saying is, when John streams, he is responsible solely for the content he's putting out there, the quality, what he chooses to do, the game he plays, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mean, you could you could say the same about this podcast, right? Like we three together, it literally create all of the content. Right. I, I edit it and put it on the websites, but like you know, right. everybody here is involved in the actual production of it, of the planning and the sure. You know. Whereas Tom Cruise just shows up and looks pretty and does some of his own stunts. I mean, he doesn't even. One know could argue stuff. he's the anchor of the production, right? So the the the, the following question is. Do you go see a movie because of the star power behind it? Do you listen to do you listen to music because of the the artist? Sometimes. Right. I mean, in terms of music always. I don't I don't care about the the production side of the music. I just care about the the actual content itself. The product. Yeah. Yeah. So usually people go to see movie I mean, I'm just saying if Tom Hanks is top billing in a movie. Mm-hmm. People who have liked Tom Hanks' movies are more inclined to see it regardless of the content, right? Right. Of what I the mean, movie's about. Here's, you could say the same about directors, too. Like, people love Tarantino movies. They're like, oh, people shit, it's a Tarantino Spielberg. movie? I'm going to go see that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because he knows how to write a scene. Like, there's different... There's, like, you're, you're going feet, to though. a bakery and you're ordering this, you know, this this pastry, this pie that you know you know what you're getting he, he yeah, likes you, you, you have a good much. you have a good idea of what to expect so where it comes to voice actors like arthur morgan what was his name again roger clark people don't line up to listen to voice actors like who plays nathan drake i believe it's um well paul there are exceptions to this i'm i i accept your your statement but uh matt mercer if people find out Matt Mercer is in something, they will buy it. What what is he see, I've never heard of him. What what is he known for? So Matt Mercer is the is the guy who runs uh Critical Role, which is like the most popular uh D show slash podcast slash series. But he's also a very accomplished voice actor. Um he's um the voice of McCree in Overwatch. Um Oh God, there, there are so many things he's been in. I just can't think of them right now. Um, like Nolan like, North is one of those ubiquitous voice actors, right? Nathan Drake. Sure. Troy um, Baker. Cap- Troy Baker, Captain Tro- Miller, Tony. Troy Baker is another one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, so so for the most part, Paul, yes, I, I agree that people don't typically care about certain most voice actors. But there are a handful of them what, that have almost a cult following. What is it? Yeah, I, yeah cult following isn't star power in my opinion, right? No, what all I'm saying is I, the, 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 the question that Brian was asking, the, the content creation, right? The, the, just to wrap that back into that point, mm-hmm. is, is stars, pop, artists, it all just comes down to what do you personally get out of it, right? Do you go see a movie because of the star power in it? Do you go see a movie because of the director? 
do you buy the game because it's a Rockstar property or a... All things being equal, to take? I, I think Star Power makes a good product better. I, that's actually a fair point. It, it's the, not the bread and butter. So what was the um, the person who... The actor that plays the, uh, the dwarf in Game of Thrones? I'm forgetting his name. Hell he if was, I know. Uh, he was the narrator character. P- Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, thank you. Um, Peter. I don't Dinklage. even watch Game of Thrones. I okay, I mean, so neither. I don't think of Peter Dinklage. Okay, when you say Peter Dinklage, I don't think dwarf. I think performer. You got to be more specific. Than no, that. I said the actor who plays a dwarf character. He did. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not trying. I I, I pick my words wisely. Um, Speaking of voice actors, he's got a commanding voice. I don't know if you've ever seen. He does. Ice Age but if you four, listen. Five? To his performance as the narrator in Destiny, it's is he like, really? I didn't know that he played. He, yeah, they 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 got star power for that, right? And you can hear he's he's just phoning it in. He's just yeah. reading lines from a script, right? Hmm. So when I think Peter Dinklage, I, I don't watch Game of Thrones either. I think of the uh, the foundry scene in um, Avengers: Infinity Wars, right? When they're found, mm-hmm. they're, no. And just his booming voice, right? You know, just like you said, Brian, you know, very uh, almost intimidating, right? But then in Destiny, he kind of phones it in. So uh, to this to this moment, I still think video game, the programmers and the devs will always take precedence over any VA. Um, no well, offense to the voice actors we work with for the studio. I love them all. I love um, my, my personal favorite is, is River Kanoff, just his range <laughs> so i i've actually i've been playing celatria over the past couple of days doing like a, a test playthrough sure so so shout out to river kanoff by the way who is the voice of lewis in celatria um i've been oh, every time lewis opens his mouth i just i don't know how many times i've said god damn it lewis yes Agreed. and like i know the pl- i know the plot of the game i wrote a lot of the dialogue but like it still surprises me sometimes, and I think his uh, his execution on that mm-hmm. is Agreed. really what drives it home. See, I th- see where it comes to voice actors. I think they end up being the icing on the cake, right? Where the the cake can be delicious, but the icing could make or break it, right? It could well, make it better. That's basically what Brian was saying earlier, right? Is like star power makes a good product better, right? Whereas bad acting could almost get you cult following. As in the room, or <laughs> you know, I, I I don't think the room is has actual fans. I think it's more about its infamy. Is it that? I've never seen know. it, so I couldn't tell you. But I I feel like people don't really like bad things. They just like to make fun of bad things. Well, it's like going to the going to the bar and ordering, asking the bartender, "What is your shittiest drink? I want to drink that." Mm-hmm. I don't probably yeah, a two year two year you know whiskey or something a two year like any whiskey's okay there's gotta be something okay. exceptional to be bad guys so this is now January 2nd so New Year's Eve I got this bottle of smooth peanut transition <laughs> peanut butter whiskey yep. it is yeah. it is so good it I goes down you. So smooth, Paul. Come drink with me. I'm not going to Vegas to drink with you. Okay. Well, when I come, when I come, I'm gonna come down and visit you, and then we can drink together. Brian, you're invited. 
Okay. <laughs> get, get your ass to California. Um, no, I did also bought whiskey. I bought um, time. Tennessee, I think Walker. It's their, their whiskey with a honey blend to it. And then mm. that went down smooth too. So it was a whiskey. I, I'm just a big peanut. I'm just a big peanut butter guy. You you are just a peanut butter person. Uh, so so we're almost we're past the hour mark actually. But I just I want to finish this little quip right now. Um, there was an Ask Reddit thread a while back that said, um, "What is the most George Costanza esque reason that you've broken up with somebody?" And my favorite answer on it was, "She smelled like peanut butter." <laughs> this was yeah, in that is Seinfeld. A... No, no, no. This this was somebody in real life because the the question was, "What is the most George Costanza esque reason?" Uh, okay, okay. That you've broken up with somebody, and the guy's answer was, "She smelled like peanut butter." But to me. I'd marry that girl. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you smell like peanut butter. That's awesome. I love peanut butter. But what does that mean then? What If she smells like peanut butter or, or any individual smells like peanut butter, it must mean that's all they eat because they're exuding it from every orifice. I mean, not necessarily. People just have different smells. Now, are you a smooth or a creamy? Or are Those you are the same thing. I'm a crunchy guy. I'm an extra crunchy guy. So you just want the peanuts just right in there, just. I just I just want as many nuts in my mouth as possible. And, and we're out of time. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm down. I'm down to end on that statement. How about you? Uh, all right. Um, wrap us up, John. <laughs> I can't even with that statement. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, everyone, for uh hanging out with us for the last hour if you somehow enjoyed this rambling session which you must because uh we're a couple episodes in now right episode three Three? is this all right good job us um yeah so drop us a like drop us a comment uh tell your friends i don't think i've mentioned that previously but definitely tell people who you want to suffer as much as you have listening to this um we do appreciate feedback so if yes, have, absolutely. If you're able to access one of us, maybe we get an email going at some point, John. You know, uh, I think I'll start. I'll start up a Twitter and an Instagram, and yeah. people can send us bullshit there. Yeah, yeah. If, and and if you have any topics you want us to talk about, send us a send us some stuff there. I'll uh, I'll, I'll set it up, and so, then I'll I'll introduce it in the next episode, and I'll let so you guys link know what's in up. The Sounds like a plan. Below. Next think, episode. I don't think Spotify works that way, but anyways, it might. It might. All right, well, thanks everyone for coming by, and we'll see you next time. Y'all keep it nerdy. Take care.